0: Check the mic and make sure it sound right,
1: boy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good day. My name is Kenneth Ray Coleman, Jr. Don't forget the junior. And you are tuned in to the Let's Talk About It podcast we are on episode number 3 and we have a special guest on the line. This episode is entitled I did have it up 2 seconds ago. What I've learned from a toxic relationship. So we have a special guest on the line. I said she's our owner of Incense Skin Wellness and Business and Beauty. Um she's also uh, works as a junior probation officer. Um, she just loves uh, what she does. She has a passion for our youth. She has a passion for skin and wellness and all around an amazing person. Um, I would like to introduce to everyone, Santricia Addins, Addison, excuse me. Uh, welcome mm-hmm. and thank you for being with us. So, Thank you for uh, having me. And we we talked about well, I just introduced you and said that you, you have a passion in, in skin, uh skin and wellness. Uh what started that passion?
2: Um, well, it actually started um partially because I have, you know, um some skin issues. Um I probably throughout my whole childhood I had skin issues, was even bullied sometimes because of my skin. Um, but then I ended up wanting to become a dermatologist. Okay. Um, like my senior year of high school, I was like gun ho about being a dermatologist. I was doing reports in class, they were, like, talk about you know, whatever you have a passion about. Um, you're like senior English class, and I was doing research on solar comedones and passing around pictures of like big old blackheads, Um, <laughs> so students could know about solar comedones. So, um, I've always had a passion for like service and health and um skincare um and i'm i'm a nerd like i love science i love math so this was just you know the industry that i needed to be in um and then i became because my senior my senior year of college i had to change my major because the major that i had um i was going to be able to graduate with that degree because they were closing the program so i had to do some soul searching so i ended up going to beauty school to you know i was like Maybe I could do cosmetology, but I don't have a passion for hair. Um, and then I saw that they had an aesthetics program. And I was like, why nobody telling me about aesthetics? You know how long ago I could have become an esthetician. <laughs> um, even when I was in high school, talk about solar comedones, I could have been in beauty school um, my senior year of high school. So um, that's what got me into it. And now I'm a teacher, actually, um, as well, for aesthetics. So not only am I an esthetician, but I also
1: teach it. Oh that's awesome. That's awesome. All right, so let's dive into this topic a little bit. What I've learned from a toxic relationship. So, um uh, let's break it down all the way to the to the uh elementary level of it. What how would you define a toxic relationship?
2: So, I'll um define both words. So, when it comes to a relationship, I look at relationship as a connection. You have a connection with Pretty much anything that you interact with, whether it's your job, you have a relationship with everybody that you work with, or anybody that you serve, whether you, you know, have customers or clients or whomever, you serve somebody so you have a connection with them. Even if it's brief. Um, so for me, a relationship is not just, you know, the romantic, because that's what most people think when they hear the word relationship, they just think like, who am I in love with? And it's no, you have a relationship with your boss, right. you have a relationship with food. Um, You have a relationship with whatever you're connected to, um, spiritually or physically. Um, And toxic is just anything that you are exposed to um, that has a negative impact. Um, It doesn't matter how great or small that toxic is. Um, You know, if you drink a little bit of bleach because you had some steel in your hands or you didn't rinse the bleach off of your dishes, if you use bleach water, um, you know, and you get a little bleach in your water, you're not going to die. but um you know you don't have to go to the hospital if it's like a tablespoon of bleach you might have some stomach problems you know if you drink a whole cup of bleach you're going to probably die you know so toxic is just about how much that you are exposed to and um that impacts you so for a toxic relationship for me it's just that level of negativity that um that impedes on your well-being you know, um, you could have a toxic relationship, you know, in a romantic sense where, you know, you may have a spouse who is um, controlling. They could be um, narcissistic and gaslight you and it impacts like your mental state where you're wondering, like, am I really sane or do I really feel like it are my feelings valid because they're tearing me down. Um, Or you could be at a job and toxic means that there is chaos. And you know, there's a lack of structure. And anytime you're trying to, you know, hold your 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 leadership accountable, they keep, you know, tearing you down or being petty or there's clicks, you know, and people are bullying you at work. So it looks different ways, but if you feel like your mental and physical are being impeded on, you're in a toxic relationship.
1: Yeah, I could dig it. I could dig it. I think I would define it as um a relationship that is, you know, kind of harmful, um, is unpleasant. It is a, um, I don't, I, I won't, I'll go away from that, but I just say, um, harmful and unpleasant, but I also would say that it's on course from taking you away from what you were created to be. Uh-huh. Um, so I would say it has all those elements and it's, it's a consistent thing. I think sometimes we we like to, and we'll talk about it in a few seconds, but we like to label a relationship that didn't work out because it has moments of that maybe. Com- uh-huh. and, and we want to compare that to a toxic relationship where that's longevity. It's consistent. It's something right. that that's always present.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: Okay, the next question is Is there a difference between a relationship not working out and a toxic relationship?
2: Um, if- yes. I well, I feel like some levels of toxicity contributed to it not working out sometimes. But it could also be in an aspect of a more mild sense where you know, being equally yoked, um, you know, if you Like where yoke come from, a lot of people don't understand equally yoke isn't just about, you know, oh, you know, spiritually, you got to be both Christians or both Muslims or whatever. But being yoked means like I put two donkeys or two ox, you know, on this yoke is actually called a yoke. And they two of them want to go in different directions. So they're not going anywhere, you know, so the relationship didn't work out because we just were not able to go in the right direction together. This person need to go and this go left, you know, and that was the right direction for them. But I need to go right or I need to move forward. And that's the right direction for me. Um, so it could be um toxic contributing factors, but it could just be simply we're just not compatible because we just have two different ideas, two different, you know, sets of values
1: right.
2: um, that just don't align properly to be in that level of a relationship.
1: Yeah, I could dig it. I think, um, you know, we just live in a society that's big on throwing labels um, across, you know, on people, on relationships, and that absolves us of the accountability piece to really dive into it. So sometimes a relationship, <clears throat> excuse me, sometimes a relationship not working out is that, you know, two mature people can come together and say, we're not compatible. Like we're not, we're not going in the same direction or, you you know, I don't make you happy. I want you to be happy. Like it, it, it we just didn't work out. Um, Toxic mm-hmm. relationship is just something that when you're in a toxic relationship, it drains you. Um, mm-hmm. It, it, it sucks. You know, sometimes it sucks the life and energy, and it sucks out who you were created to be. As I said earlier, so there's, there's totally different. Um, it, it's, a, it's a big difference to me if, if that makes sense.
2: It does. I think, too, even, you know, going into that, I think sometimes people, when we're in relationships, whether it's a job or a romantic relationship, even family, you know, other types of family dynamics. Sometimes we just be like, oh, man, this relationship was terrible. But we don't think about what we could have contributed to the demise. Like, you know, it could be that maybe I just didn't know how to speak up for myself. I didn't know how to advocate for myself. Or, you know, maybe toxic, like when I worked as a juvenile probation officer, for instance, I noticed that there was a lot of family dynamics that actually helped me realize some things about my life and how I grew up. And I was like, man, that's not normal. You're you know, right. especially when you get trained about all these different things. And, you know, I also have a master's in, public, in leadership and public service, which is basically policy. And I have uh, training as a civil mediator and conflict management. So it's like all those different things when it came to conflicts, I was like, man, I'm getting I'm getting taught on a theoretical level. And then applying that to like juvenile probation and helping with these families. And you have like the parents who are like, yeah, I'm going to with my children just because, you know, and it's like, well, what is the because? And it's like because they're children. And sometimes you just gotta whoop them, just to you know let them know like you're the boss. And it's like, well, do they ever wake up and just be like, Mama, not the boss? No more? Like that's not how people's minds think. So when you think that's a norm because that's how you were taught how to be, and then you're like, oh, these kids don't listen to me. These kids don't respect me. These kids cuss me out. Well, one because they're they're used to you beating on them. Because that's become such a norm that you're thinking you're kind of keeping them in their place. And you're like, oh, these new kids, they don't even um, deal with weapons. They don't receive whoopings. Well, it's because you overexpose them to that level of toxicity. So they become immune to this toxin called beating, physical abuse. And you never, you never learned how to d- develop communication skills to talk to this child about what is wrong. Why is something wrong? You're just on this high horse about trying to execute your level of authority. So I think sometimes people aren't willing to sit and just do the work and think about as well. Like, could I have been the toxic person? Could this relationship have fallen apart because I contributed to some of my toxic ways? You know, like, um, I don't think that I should have to cook. So you go cook, um, also since you know you have to cook you need to also go grocery shopping and since you cook you messed up the kitchen so you need to clean up the kitchen too but (laughs) then it's like well what are you gonna do just eat the food and you know it's like don't, don't you think that that person's gonna get exhausted after they had to do the grocery shopping figure out what meal to make cook the meal and and wash the dishes and put the food away they got exhausted so it may not have been that you know oh, they didn't want to cook for me anymore. They didn't want to serve me. They didn't want to, you know, be my partner and do things for me anymore. They probably just got worn out by your actions and you just weren't willing to be accountable or reflective about what they were actually trying to communicate to you.
1: And I think, you know, in order to, um, I guess, is it, I guess the self-accountability thing is important because a lot of times we have to heal Before we Mm -hmm. really could see um, how our actions are impacting other people, because I'm big on, you know, what happens when somebody says your normal is unhealthy. Like the things that I'm used to doing, as you was just alluding to, like, this is how I was brought up. This is what I've always done in previous relationships. Like your normal could still be toxic. Your normal can still be unhealthy. And what mm-hmm. do you do with that when somebody brings it to you? A lot of us, you know, sit in our comfort zone and and, steady and still be the same person that we're going to be. You know, mm-hmm. I tell people all the time that, um, you know, we, we live in a society that don't want to change. We're not big on change. And so you can find somebody who will accept you just as you are right now. But the question becomes, will you be happy? Will you be pleased? Will you be satisfied? Is that somebody that can activate the potential or the good that that's in you because of your staying how you are? Mm -hmm. You know, these are questions that we have to ask ourselves when we're dealing with relationships. And this is on our job, with our kids, with our significant other friends, whoever.
0: Yeah.
1: So what would you say? What's a misconception about a toxic relationship? If any,
2: Um. I think a mixed conception is um, I think about the word narcissism or um, like borderline personality disorders. A lot of times since we live in a world of DIY, which is, you know, is normal. That's literally how experts came about is somebody had to do it. Somebody had to come up with a thought, you know, and put it into practice and they became an expert with it. But saying that, A lot of people have misplaced definitions to certain situations, so people just think, "Oh, well, toxic is um, he has to be a narcissist." And it's like, "Well, everybody who's toxic is not a narcissist. They may have narcissistic qualities and traits, but they do not have the actual definitive, like, exhaust. You know, the whole like aspect of a to have a prognosis or to be diagnosed." with the actual borderline personality disorder called narcissism
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um i also think that um from my experience especially being a woman there are some people who will say well i wasn't in a toxic relationship he's just overprotective and it's like well over means too much so therefore toxic means i was exposed to too much that i could handle more Mm. than i could handle or more than what was necessary to have to because just because i can handle it don't mean that it was necessary you know i could drink to drunkenness but that does not mean it was necessary for me to drink that much alcohol um you know to to be drunk but with that you know some people will say well he didn't hit me but that doesn't mean that they're not abusive there's a like when i was in my relationship just being transparent my marriage my husband was not physically abusive Um, And he wasn't verbally abusive in the sense of like, oh, you're ugly. Um, But it was like a cultural verbal abusive, you know, like, oh, you Americans are this or, Mm -hmm. you know, you women this, you know. So it wasn't like a direct attack like you, Shantrisia, you know, unless it was like you're stupid. But outside of like calling me stupid, like it wasn't anything else. And it was more of like an anger projection calling me stupid, not like he really truly believed that I was a stupid person. But financial abuse, I had to learn that in that relationship. Well, you know, like withholding funds or going to close a joint bank account and not telling me just so I wouldn't get access to the money. So no, I wasn't getting beat on. I wasn't being sexually assaulted. Huh. No, you are right. Uh, I'm about. Okay. I wasn't being sexually assaulted. I wasn't getting beat on. But I was being financially abused. Um, you know, from me spending, you know, money on bills and trying to, you know, cook and clean and, you know, I'll be in the middle of taking a shower and it's just like, Hey, here's the phone. Talk to these people. And it's like, I'm literally in the middle of bathing. Can I bathe, you know, and not talk to Comcast? Can I please do that? Um, so it's stuff like that. Like it's toxic, you know, either way, just because that was something that I wasn't exposed to, um, or there was not a definition that was told to me about this and how it was wrong. It was still toxic.
1: I think you, you actually made me change my answer because you, you brought up a good point and you said when you have too much of something. So I think the misconception about a toxic relationship is sometimes a toxic relationship is when a person is giving too much of something good. Also, it's not always Mm. a negative thing you know, sometimes you can be overly nice, you can be overly considerate to somebody who's not used to that treatment. And it becomes a toxic relationship because of their reaction, their mishandling, misguidance misgui- mis- uh, of that that good. So we focus, yeah. and, and rightfully so, we focus on the negative aspect, you know, of a toxic relationship. But there's been some You know, friendships. Um, There's been some job ships that I've been on that I've gave a lot of good to and it wasn't received um, because of a good manager or a good supervisor. You know, so we we had to be careful with that also. Um, So that's my misconception.
2: I think that's a that's a great thing that you brought up, because one of the things I teach my students is your strength is also a weakness. Um, it's just how you use that particular like traitor, you know, characteristic about yourself. Like I'm a team player. Um, so I would give and give and give, no matter if it's a romantic relationship, work relationship. That's just how I was brought up in the aspect that, you know, I only had one brother. Um You know, if people in the family, if your cousin's fighting, you got to fight, too. You know, you in the fight because they in the fight. You cannot come home and talk about, yeah, they was over there fighting. What did you do? You just sat there and watched. No, you got to jump in too and fight, even though that is toxic. You like teach kids the escalation skills. But, you know, I was a team player. I joined sports. I've been in band all throughout elementary school, all the way to college, um, So even in romantic relationships, I'm a team player and I had to realize you give too much of yourself. At work, I had to learn you give too much of yourself. Start putting up better boundaries and so that you could preserve because you have to be there for the team. But you can't overwork yourself. If you overwork yourself, they got to find another teammate. So essentially you were the you contributed to the demise of the team because you gave too much of yourself and did not allow other people
1: to be supporting roles. Right, so, right. In uh, whatever goal you were doing. Yeah, I, I like that phrase, what you said, you know, sometimes, your, well, some, a lot of times your strength can be your weaknesses and it's just, that's why it's so imperative um, and you have to be intentional with the people that you have around you because mm-hmm. they will be able to activate if it is a strength or they'll use it as a weakness. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, does having a toxic relationship mean that there are toxic people in the relationship?
2: Um, I think that's a tough one. When I think about toxic, sometimes people think that people are intentionally toxic. And I really don't always think that I think that's like a small percentage of toxic dynamics are people who are intentionally toxic in a relationship. I think a large part of it is just how you're brought up, what your mental state is. um, And sometimes you just so used to doing something a certain way and it's bad Mm -hmm. that you just think it's normal. You know, like. There are some men who will just be like, you know, um, I want this kind of woman. You know, I want the light skin, long hair, big booty, big boob woman. And so then it's like, okay, well, I want that woman, too. Or I want this woman who's like docile or a woman who will say, I want a man who works. And I just want to be a stay at home mom and stay at home mom for them means I stay at home. I cook. I clean. I take care of the baby and I go spend all his money. (laughs) you know so there's different types of dynamics but that doesn't mean they're intentionally out here being predatory um it just may be that they that's what they saw that's what society is saying that you're supposed to be um so you don't allow yourself to be genuinely who you are supposed to be right so and then it just means you just you know gravitate towards another person who you can actually have a relationship that's toxic because you can't have a toxic relationship with everybody because some people won't even allow you to get to that point in their life to even develop that kind of relationship or a relationship at all. You know, it might be somebody who's like, your vibe isn't right and I'm fleeing from you. Um, You know, like some people will say, I I attract the same person all the time. Why do I only get this type of person? Why do I only get people who cheat? Why do I only get people who um, are broke? Why do I only get people who need to be f- fixed? Right. You know, and it's like, we have to do the work to figure out what are we doing to attract those kind of people? And what are we not doing to protect ourselves, to be hypervigilant about, you know, being able to identify those kind of people so that we don't attach ourselves to those people, you know, when it's too late?
1: I had to go look up that word later on, hypervigilant, so I can put that in, add that to my vocabulary. (laughs) So um, that's a, that's a good answer. I I like that. I like that. Um, For me, it's a yes and no. Uh, Some toxic relationship, you do have toxic people. Um, In some relationships, I use it as a chemistry reference. Sometimes when you put two components together, it equals a toxic answer. And so by yourself, Mm-hmm. You might be good, you might be cool, but when you come into someone else and y'all activate each other vibes and energies and y'all get around each other, like it has it creates a toxic environment. So I think you have to be aware. Mm-hmm. That's why I always, you know, tell people like, you know, know your vices. Um, be so in tune with yourself that you know when you're around somebody, it throws your energy off or it throws you off or be, and then you make decisions based on that. Sometimes your work environment um is 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 messed up mm-hmm. because your goodness added to that negativity is not a good answer. So you have to be cognizant to yourself like know who you are, like know what you're about and then be selective in who you give your energy to.
2: I think that's good even when you're talking about like work. You know, a lot of the a lot of relationships, you know, whether it's home, um, like family dynamics or romantic dynamics, um, sometimes we don't we also don't protect ourselves from the other influences. You know, like if I have a like when I worked in probation, for instance, that was a very traumatic job. It's just what comes with the territory. You can't you just can't not have a toxic experience working right, right. with people's problems all the time and going on the court and sending people to jail and you know separating families like it's it's just it's just the nature of the job but if i had a spouse who could not listen to me vent because I've, i'm a venter so if i had a spouse who could not you know listen to me come home and be like look let me tell you what all i had to deal with today let me tell you about this kid remember that kid from last week i was telling you about let me tell you about them what they did to me today if they could not handle that, it's not that I'm a toxic person per se, you know, with my intentions, but because my job is just not the right, it's not the right fit for us to have the dynamic in the relationship that we want. Um, you know, or I have a business. If I just jump ship and was like, oh, I'm going to quit my job. And, you know, we had every intention. We even planned it out and I quit my job. But you, you know, you, you know, whoever my spouse is like, he lost his job. And I'm trying to build my business. So I don't have any money. And now he doesn't have any money. And now we're frustrated. And it's just that those circumstances brought out that negativity, you know, in us. Just, you know, because we couldn't deal with the with the issue.
1: And and I will say this, um, you have to be careful. When once you get into a toxic relationship, sometimes it's a domino effect. Because I know mm-hmm. for me, I've had toxic friendships that bled into relationships, a uh, toxic relationship at church that bled into and created a toxic relationship at home that created a, a toxic environment at 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 work. And so mm-hmm. if you're not careful, um it is it, is gonna trickle down in, in other areas. So you gotta experience some goodness in order to, to get rid of that, that toxic behavior. so, but let, let's, let's go ahead and get into this meat and, and potatoes. Cause I know this for me, it was a long list. So I had to shorten it down, but what are some of the things that you learned from toxic relationships?
2: Um, things I've learned. One is, you know, what are some triggers for me? What are some um things that, you know, I, I'm a very self-reflective person. So I always try to find a lesson to be learned out of every situation, but I'm very, very intentional about not accepting victim blaming. You know, like if this person treated me a certain way, their response was their choice. No matter how I treated them, the way they chose to respond to me, they chose to respond that way. Um, so with that, you know, if, if, Anything in my relationship didn't work out, you know, no matter which ones I've had, I always think about, like, what could I've done differently? Because I'm only in control of myself. I'm not in control of how that person is. You know, they might be a toxic person. Every relationship they get in is going to be toxic because they are the common denominator. Um, If I'm always attracting men who seemingly need to be fixed, how quickly am I being that like, oh, how can I be nurturing and, you know, help you through your problems? do I need to just sit and just let that person just vent to me and not be quick to provide a solution right. for that person or even like force my way to be like, Oh yeah, you, you're hungry. Let me cook. And they're like, no, no, thank you. I don't really want the food because I'm picky. And I'm sitting here trying to figure out what foods are they willing to eat because they're so picky or how can I convince them to eat a freaking avocado because <laughs> avocados are healthy for you. It's like just slow down and just let them be and let them decide when they're ready to, you know, do whatever. And you just keep moving about how you move because they're still around for a reason. Right. So that's one thing I've learned. You know, um, don't be so quick. Also, especially like as a woman, for me to not be so quick to always feel like I have to explain and defend myself. Just because somebody doesn't agree with me or they're only listening to respond and they're not listening to understand don't be so quick to be like, but I see the potential in you. You're a smart person. You're a strong person. But understand how smart I am, too. Like, I don't have to prove anything to you because if you're only listening to respond, you're choosing not to value me anyway. Right, right. Um, so, you know, even with I'm a quiet person, I'm a resilient person. But at the same time, you know, everybody has their limits. So I'm very big on, like, doing relationship check-ins. Like, hi, hey, how's it going? Like, how how have I made you happy this week? <laughs> Tell me what did I do that made you happy this week? How are you feeling? And really, truly give me your honest opinion. Because say you out here and you're doing something you're not supposed to do because I'm not fulfilling your needs. I'm not making you happy. And then I'm I'm a quiet person, you know. And if I get into that savage mode, I'm not going to yell. I'm not going to nag. I'm gonna be like, okay, honey. And you may come home and you may not have a car. <laughs> you know, like, but it's like, don't ever allow. I've never done it, but I just know like that's the things that, you know, go on in my head. So understanding those things, like if somebody's getting me to that point that I start to think those thoughts, that means that I need to figure out what do I need to do to prevent be more preventative i'm not a i'm not a react i try not to be a react reactive person so i'm finding myself fighting and trying to be as proactive as possible and this person isn't you know trying to help in that process that means i need to leave right. why I keep trying to work and fix something if you're the only person's fix because i will get passion burnout really easily um but I'm a very loyal and dedicated person. But I have to understand that everybody does not deserve my loyalty and my dedication so that I can have something to give to the person who does deserve that.
1: I could dig it. I could dig it. Um, well, just a follow up, follow back question real quick. What, what is one of the triggers that you've learned, um, that caused you to be in a, in a toxic relationship? If you don't mind sharing.
2: Yeah, I don't mind. Um, So, one, I had told myself before I got married, um, because I had a very toxic relationship with my child's father. One of the things I learned was um, don't play fight. Like, don't, you know, don't go around and be like hitting on him. Like, oh, look at your stupid self and just go and pop him. Um, so, therefore, don't allow him to, you know, do those little subtle, like, I'm going a, I'm to a smack you kind of thing. You know, those little, mm-hmm. it's a difference, you know, you know, but, like, don't hit me on my arm like you're trying to, like, reprimand me. You know, those kind of hits. Um, if somebody, you know, if a man, like, shakes you when he's angry, leave. He's shaking because he's out of control. And he doesn't know how to handle his emotions. Shaking means that he's trying to not hit you. And if it gets to that point where he's put his hands on you to shake you, he's going to probably hit you the next mm-hmm. time. So I had to understand, like, how to look at certain things, because I'm the kind of person, if you start putting your hands on me, I'm going to fight you. I'm going to, because I'm going to start thinking like, oh, I can handle it. I can fight you back. I took fighting classes. I did MMA. Maybe I could do if i got to take my mind to that point then we don't need to be in this relationship because i would tell people you know if a bear try to fight me help me please help me don't help the bear help me but just know that if i die i'm going to die with honor that bear is going to remember me um that that, that bear might be having to be one-eyed jaw or something he's <laughs> going to remember me but with that it's it's still not a good thing to think about when you're you know, a man on the street, yeah. He he's Somebody going to know that he did something, even if I'm dead. They're going to be like, who, who did you do it to, and where are they? But a romantic relationship, it should never be that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have fights. You're going to have conflicts. You're not going to agree on everything. But when you're starting to... Um, when I have to... When I go through the process of thinking, like, dang, like, if I say this, are we going to have a debate over something simple? Right. Then I know that I don't need to be with this person. If I'm giving, 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 and I'm like, they're like, be patient, be patient, be patient. No. I don't know. Yeah, those are some good things that
1: um, you can like, learn from, how long from do the toxic I need relationship. Be patient. You never uh, understand it right. and knowing your triggers Uh, Just a few things that I I learned from toxic relationship is that I was, I I was an expensive gift that I gave people too many discounts um, to purchase. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't big in, in in knowing and understanding my worth and what I brought to the table. I've Mm -hmm. always known that I've been a, you know, quote unquote, good guy, had good qualities, but I had to learn, like now you're just not good. You are one of a kind.
0: Like mm-hmm. you're you're
1: something special that don't come around often. Um, so people got to pay for that. Like they they got to be willing to sacrifice in order to 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 have a relationship with you. Um, and I think the last thing I learned is that, and I think I'm still learning, that some of my my triggers and scars. I said this. I say this often, and I even posted it on Facebook. But I had to realize that some of my triggers and scars, I'll never be able to heal from. I have to learn how to manage them now. Uh huh. And so when I've learned that, like that, that puts me in a different position. And and why is that important to me? It's because you got to realize in any type of relationship, and there are going to be some people that hit your triggers that. that that touch your scars but i should not react in a way that they cause them scars Mm -hmm. and so when you when you understand that concept you're able to give them grace and a little bit mercy or you're able to understand and have a conversation with them which is important to have and so once i learned those things i was like just because this puts you in a mind frame of an old toxic relationship it doesn't necessarily mean that this is it now Yeah, so
2: yes, like, you know, and that's when you focus on like the actual problem. And I I think a lot of times it took me going to school and learning that theory of you focus on the problem. You don't focus on the person. Mm. And when we learn how to focus on the problem at hand, we can actually sometimes come to a resolution and figure out where the source is and put it out together. Um, you know, like when I was um, my current job, I understand where the problem is. Um, when I stopped focusing on like, oh man, this person is making me mad, this person is making me mad, and I was like, where is the common source? Where is the source coming from? Because it's like I've been there longer than everybody that's an instructor, and I'm like, okay, all these different people are being hired, but I keep finding myself in issues. No matter how many times I provide a solution, I'll create a document for accountability. I'll send out emails to everybody for accountability and communication. I will go and just buy something because, you know, funding isn't being provided. So let me just go spend my own money. I'm like, okay, there's still a problem. Why can't I find a problem? And then I'm like, oh, I see where the problem is. It's not the people that I'm arguing with. It's not the new people you know, they don't want to be trained or they don't want to listen to me for whatever the reason is. It's not them because the organization is only going to allow you to do so much. Right. So understanding that in any kind of relationship, relationship dynamic, you know, you may feel like, Oh, well this sibling gets to do more than I'm able to do. Well, have you talked to your parents and say like, Hey, I feel like you, I feel like there's a level of like, you know, inequality here or, discrimination or you know because sometimes it is discrimination in in sibling family dynamics or i feel like you know you just favor them and then maybe oh that you don't like my dad and you loved their dad
0: right right
2: um you know or i remind you of uncle joe because i look like uncle joe and uncle joe has you know hurt you and i never knew that um or you may have overheard a conversation that I said, and I never knew that you heard those words. And I can now have an opportunity to explain to you what I meant. You know the context behind that conversation. But being able to focus on the actual instead of just like, oh, Mama doesn't. He to me. He gives, you know, or me and siblings. We have this dynamic of who's better because there's a favorite one, and I'm the black sheep. You know, once you're able to really figure out what the problem is, a lot of times, even romantic relationships, sometimes those relationships could be salvaged if we just knew how to to have a conversation instead of like who's right and who's wrong.
1: Amen, amen. Let me me get your cash app so I can send you a few dollars because you're preaching and teaching on this morning. I mean, uh, this afternoon. But I think one of the things that I've lived by and it's it's a intentional attitude that i have to practice is that um you know you got to don't take things personal you know when people talk to me when people treat me in a certain way um no matter the relationship that i have with them i try not to take it personal and that's how i'm able to get to what's the root of the problem or what's the what is the real issue that is having right now and that's why sometimes i had to realize that even with me, but I had to see it through an outside source is that you didn't cause my scar, even though you touched it and it made me feel some type of way, but I'm Mm -hmm. treating you as the first day I had the scar and I'm going off on you. And Mm -hmm. so when I, when I realized that I was like, you, you got to take a step back, like you are unhealthy and you're, you're having toxic um, traits or behaviors, or you might be the toxic one. So you need to calm down. Like you need to take it to your And when you are able, when you're not, you see, one of the things that we do is that the reason why it's hard to, um, have, um, to rectify situations is because we take the pain personal. When someone hurts me, I take that pain that you just gave me as your, personal, like you saying, I don't have value, or you're saying that I'm not enough, or you're saying, whatever, whatever. And sometimes right. it's just, you triggered something and it re- and I reacted in this way. It necessarily mm-hmm. doesn't have to do with you as, as an individual. And mm-hmm. a lot of relationships, I don't care if it's children in whatever type of relationship it is, we can never come to the middle ground and realize that it's not about you. And you Mm -hmm. said something earlier when you talked about how, you know, children are treated. Sometimes it's not about the children. It's not that I have a disdain or a dislike for my child. It's really something is triggering me and I'm taking it out on you. Mm -hmm. And so that's why healing has to take place, because that's the only way you learn how to effectively communicate and say some things. You know, a lot of times that and I say this and go to the next question, I'm sorry, but a lot of times we can't talk to each other because we use our words as weapons instead of tools mm-hmm. to the to, to um remodel a situation. And so when you're using your what your words as a tool and everything is this, and you attacking them maliciously, intentionally and, and on purpose, like then then we always feel in some type of way every time we say something to each other. So we have to be selective in how we use our words. So, okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. My bad. I'll go on mute. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what, what got you to the point that you started to pay attention um, to what you learned from, from the relationship?
2: Um. I think one, because I'm just, that's just my nature is to be um, self-reflective. But um, I just really had to think about like what I want. Um, because I am dedicated, I'm loyal. Of course, I'm not the, so that means I'm not the type of person that gets in relationships. and like, oh, if we break up, we break up. Like, I'm going to give you my all. But when I got out of certain relationships and I'm like, you know, you go through the little hurt part, right? You know, you, mm-hmm. you're just trying to keep it going because you don't, you can't see life without this person. And maybe, just maybe, you know, things will be different. And then when you finally break up, it's like, oh my gosh, like, what do I do now? You know, mm-hmm. like I can't call them, but I'm used to calling them every day. I can't go visit them. I'm used to visiting them every day. So what in the world do I do in my life? And, you know, sometimes we don't know how to live without people, you know and so i had to teach myself like it's okay to learn how to be alone it's not a shame to not have somebody you know even though our society teaches us that like you know sometimes people don't even ask you your name first there were times i will start a job and people would be like hey how you doing are you married you got kids like my name is Shantaricia. that's my name um me being married and having children doesn't have anything to do with me being able to roll some silverware at this restaurant so that's that's my name. My husband doesn't have anything to do with it. You know, so I think sometimes like really like taking that time to say, forget how people may feel. Forget how people may act. Um, the friends you may lose. Um, I had to go through that awkwardness of when I broke up with my child's father. The last time we weren't in high school anymore. We were in college. And um, so we had a lot of mutual friends. From being in Birmingham in, in high school and then going to Nashville, being in college. And I was like, I don't want to be in an abusive relationship anymore. And when we broke up, it was like the awkwardness around some of our mutual friends. Like, do I talk to her, even though I'm really friends with him and he's not here, but still, you know, and so, but I had to be okay with that. So, like taking that time to think about those things, like don't think about how people feel um because a lot of my insecurities came from what people would say to me, um you know about like how I looked, how I acted, how whatever you know, so I had to like check myself about my insecurities, like you're enough, it's okay. Those who have a problem with it, that's their problem, and you keep it moving um so, yeah, I, I really I'm a very self-reflective person. I just really had to just take that time to like think about, like, why do I feel the way I feel? Even when there's times where I may act arrogant and I've had people to like check me for it, you know, I'd be like, why are you sizing this person up? If you don't like to be sized up, why are you being arrogant and sizing people up?
0: Mm-hmm. And It was
2: like when I really thought about it after a while, I was like, I do do that. You know, like, they don't even do lashes right. And they over here getting all these people and these people lashes wrong. And then they coming to me trying to get their mm-hmm. lashes fixed. If she just did the lashes right. And it's like, well, why are you focusing on her though? Yeah. You know, or she don't even know how to spell right. And I know how to spell. But see, y'all go to who y'all want to go to. So y'all want to patronize people who don't pay attention to detail. And it's like, well, they that's who they chose. You don't know why they chose to go to her. They may liked her spirit and they just may not have been attracted to yours. So you might need to check yourself and just right. be a little bit more humble.
1: Hamburger with the sweet baby race ups. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I think two major factors got me to where I started paying attention um, to that made me want to learn um, and gain knowledge, number one, and then learn and then use the wisdom from what I learned. But number one is I knew the desires of my heart. And I I knew where I was going, the trajectory, I was never gonna get get the desires of my heart.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So when I had that, I guess that level of void or that um, I knew something was missing, um, mm-hmm. I was just like, no, nah, let me focus on what I brought to the table. Let me focus on what I didn't do right. I don't focus on what they, What? forget them it's, it's yeah. all about me and I'm like okay what could I have done better what did I need to do what didn't I do you know and so I started learning from that aspect and and just the other thing is that I am I'm, I'm always like okay put it to you like this if I'm in the same situation and I keep getting the same results then I know I'm doing something wrong I don't uh-huh. know what I'm doing wrong but right. I know I'm doing something wrong. So and let you. me investigate what I'm doing wrong so we can change this result or to see mm-hmm. if it's something that even can be changed up. And I share this with you and, and we we'll go to the next question. But my um counselor, she was like, you know, when it comes to relationships, friendships and the women that you date, you know, it seems like you always um, you know, you date toxic women. And, and, and you have toxic friends. And I was like, well, I said, well, okay. Do you know where toxic women and well, where healthy women hang out at? And <laughs> I started going there. Right. And I said, yeah. I told her, I said, you have to realize like I'm a nurturing person. So I attract all types of people to come around. And it's not until we dive deep into, you know, what we're trying to do then you realize that, okay, we have some toxic behavior or we create a toxic environment. And yep. I said, you know, so I said, well, you know, how you came up with that, you know, it was a little inaccurate, but I understand what you're saying, though. Yeah. I so totally
0: understand that.
1: The things, um, let's see, the things that you learned, um, how did it make you feel like when you came into the realization of some of that stuff?
2: Uh. uncomfortable it's kind of like um like have you ever done a budget after you've been broke for a while and you just really had to like realize like come through your bank account and be like i I, I gotta face the facts you know <laughs> so it was a little uncomfortable but then it was like okay it is uncomfortable but it gave me hope because like okay now that i know it's a problem now i can come up with a solution versus like not having the the reality of the problem I will never come to a solution. So, you know, trying to escape that level of like insanity, you know, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over and trying to, you know, you're expecting different results. So it was like, okay, now that I know that these are some of my issues, I can work on those. And that's when it was like, man, um, you know, when I left a job and I'm like waking up in the morning and I'm like, I don't have to go to this place. You know, I don't have to deal with these problems. And now what kind of job would I want? Where do I fit? What is my personality type? Because I know what has drained me from those jobs or being in certain, you know, romantic relationships. And I'm like, okay, this is why I keep, you know, want, this is why I keep having these issues with these kinds of men. So be okay with just, shoot, waking up in the morning and not having somebody to argue with, you know, or wondering, like, are they mad? You know, and it's passive aggressive, like, am I mad? Did you do something to make me mad? And it's like, I don't know. That's why I'm asking this question. You know, <laughs> if you don't know if you did anything and that's a problem, like, that's why I'm asking this question. You know, and you don't have to deal with that mind game it was just so refreshing. So then I was like, okay, what can I do just to make myself happy? Because I had to learn at one point, I didn't even know me. Right. I had been in relationships so long that I was just doing stuff to make others happy. But I didn't know what made me happy. Right. I was like, OK, do I really like music? Yeah, I love music. But do I like this or. Like at one point, me and my child's father, we decided not to go to clubs when we went to college. I ain't never been to a club, but he had. And I was like, OK, I won't go to a club. But then it was like, wait, but he's been to a club. So why did I decide not to go to clubs? Was it just because he didn't want me to, you know, or do mm-hmm. I really not do clubs? I can't say I don't do something if I never even done it to know if it's worth doing. Right. And I'm not saying you should do everything, but it's just like, so, like social settings. Like, why don't I go to these social settings? You know, am I this you know saying like you know well sometimes you know people act this way like college girls act a certain way in these settings and it's like but i've never acted like those kind of girls who act that way you know act a certain way outside of those types of settings i don't even circle around circle myself around those kinds of friends so how would i be that girl because if i was my friends would leave me high and dry at the club you <laughs> know so I was like wait i don't know what i like. I don't know if I like lounges versus clubs, which, you know, I had to learn it. I don't like clubs. I do (laughs) like, I like lounges. You know, um, do I like to dance? Yes, I do like to dance. How much do I like to dance? I didn't know those things, but it was like, okay, you can't, Candice is going to make him mad. Or, you know, this is kind of, you know, women that people say that they like. but it's like, but, you know, growing up and you see, sir, all kinds of relationship dynamics. And it's like, there's all kinds of men There's all kinds of women and there's all kinds of people together. Who are you worthy of? I would say another thing I had to learn too is be the person that you want to attract. You know, if I want this tall, buff, you know, person or, you know, I don't like short dudes. So if I want to attract a tall guy, tall people see up high. I'm (laughs) down low. So I can't be the meek and mild person off in the corner. He ain't gonna see me he's too tall, you know. Or you know, if I want a man who has six figures, I can't have a twenty thousand dollar mindset. Right. right. He's, he's gonna be like you're a liability to me. If I make six or seven six or seven figures, I, I can't be with a person who's a liability that will make me lose all my money. So that was a big thing too it's like be the person that you want to attract
1: I think when I realized um just the things that I started learning uh for a moment I was in denial about it um I was in denial because I found out that I was in a toxic relationship on my job and mm-hmm. then I realized that I was a, in a toxic relationship in my church. Uh-huh. And, um, I didn't want to stop going to church. or I didn't want to leave my job. So I was like, no, let me, let me, let me just sit in it. Let me just be comfortable with that. And so yeah. I was in denial because I was like, no, nah, even though you're being mistreated, I don't want to let it go. I don't want to leave well, it alone. Yeah. So I had to, you know, learn from that. And I got two questions. Then I, I let you go. I appreciate you uh, being with us on today. Um, did you have to heal from what you learned from
2: oh yes I did Um, I had to heal because I learned that some of my stuff when it comes to my relationships um, some of it was because of you know my family you know and I had to think like okay if I'm in this toxic relationship why did I accept this for so long you know, what made it okay for me to accept it for so long? And I would say, like, for me and my dynamic, especially, like, in in, um, abusive relationships, for instance, um, my dad, my dad has never put his hands on me. I don't know what it feels like for my dad to even bump me too hard. Um, So to be in a relationship where I'm fighting a man, it's like, why? Mm -hmm. Um, But I will say part of it was because they learned about my insecurities, like with my body because of how my family treated me, you know? um, I wasn't a big child, but all the women in my family were like, they gained weight. So then it was like, okay, they would be hard on me. Like sometimes I'll go, you know, to like the family functions and I'll be like, Hey everybody. And it's like, instead of saying, Hey, it's how much you weigh now. Mm. It was like, but or you know it's a dinner and i'm eating you know i'm putting stuff on my plate and they're like mm, i see you over there with the cornbread and it's like the cornbread you made you know mm-hmm. or I see you over there with them sweet potatoes and that corn and you know and you got the juice like these are the things that y'all make why is it a problem if it's something that you made right. um, so I was like a little kid, and I would be exercising all the time, you know, trying to get my body the way it needed to be like I was doing bones of steel
1: as an <laughs> eight year
2: old I'm saying like what eight year- old wants <laughs> bones of steel and abs of steel? like right. why was I doing that? you know, wearing ankle weights, <laughs> But I was in understanding that I had to tell my family, look. These are the boundaries because I can put this boundary with this man, but he's going to keep playing on that weakness because he's literally seeing what they're doing. So I had to say, look, if y'all aren't going to act like how y'all supposed to act with me, then I'm not coming around the family anymore. And I meant it. You know, if that meant that I had to hang the phone up on family members, like you're not going to talk to me like that on the phone. And since I don't like to argue, I don't like to raise my voice. Like it sometimes physically hurts to raise my voice. So since I'm not going to win this yelling match and it's actually like a waste of time and I have narcolepsy. So it's going to really, truly drain me spiritually. And I'm going to have to go to sleep. I'm just going to hang up the phone. And when you're really ready to apologize, when you're ready to talk to me, like you have some sense and we can actually talk about the issue and not do this, like this ego battle, then you can call me back. But until then, don't call my phone and I won't call you. Um, so when I had to when I learned like that was okay, it's okay. Like you're an adult. Yes, respect your elders, but you're we're taught to respect our elders, but we're not taught that our elders should respect us. You know, uh, with children, children deserve to have boundaries. If a child says, I don't want to hug you, it's okay. That child does not want to hug that person for a reason. Do not go force that child to hug somebody. Um, so when I learned that and I learned that from children working in juvenile probation, I was like, children are allowed to have their emotions. Let them sit over there and cry. You know, that whole, like, hush, hush it before I give you something to cry about. You did give me something to cry about. That's why I'm crying about it. <laughs> so <laughs> what you mean? I'm confused. So when I learned those things, like even with certain kids, I learned that they will battle and argue if I just said, be quiet. It was like, I'm not gonna be quiet. And I'm like, look, I told you. What you know, and it's like, okay, you know what? That's how they respond. So when I would ignore them, they would be quiet. Mm. Because they didn't have an audience.
0: Right, right, right. So I was
2: like, that kid likes to have an audience. He likes to prove himself around people. That kid, if I tell him to be quiet, he just doesn't want me to talk to him in a disrespectful way. Like, you know, stay in a child's place. They know their children. So you don't have to say stay in a child's place. Like, hey, I just need you to be quiet. I have the floor right now. And then showing modeling behaviors. So that was another thing too is like you have to do You have to do what you expect. You know, if you want this person to be financially wise, you have to be financially wise. I can't be like, oh, my husband's making all the money and, you know, and he's making like six or seven figures and He's, you know, I got just access, unlimited access to his bank account. I can't just be swiping like it's a dang on pack of Skittles. <laughs> and even if so, the bag's gonna run out, you know. So therefore, I have to be financially wise too. Um, and being willing to learn, like I said, I learned from children a lot of stuff when it came to when it came to relationships and family dynamics, even helping my family heal. To be like, hey, don't whoop her. Just because she's over there crying, you don't like to hear her, you know, sulking and carrying on. And it's okay let her sit in her emotions. I learned that from children. Just hearing them say, I'm used to y'all fussing at us. We're used to y'all telling us what to do. We're used to to y'all talking to us, but not with us. And it's like, yeah, sometimes we do. We just talk and talk and talk. And we never take a pause to say, how do you feel about it?
1: Right. Guilty. I'm guilty of that. I need to learn that. I'll, I'll be texting you a little later to help me out with some of those things. Um, did I have to heal? Um, I had to heal. I'm still healing and I'm going to heal tomorrow uh, mm-hmm. from the things that I've learned. I've learned that healing is it's a journey. It's not a destination. Mm-hmm. Um so even when I heal and I think I'm finished in one area, you know, you might meet somebody or experience something that, you know, you you discover a new pain. And I think uh-huh. here's one of the the things that healing is so important is because when you're not healed in a certain area, you overcompensate in another area.
0: Uh-huh. And so
1: you don't use, so if my heart is is messed up, then I'm using just analogy so we can understand it. But if I'm my heart mm-hmm. is not beating like it's supposed to be, then I'm doing something, I'm overcompensating with my legs to, mes- to, to mask the deficiency of my heart.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: when I start using my heart like it's the way it's supposed to be by healing, then I don't have to put so much weight on my legs. And now that can give me so much sense of relief because I don't have to do so much like I'm used to doing. Right. So healing is very important. is very necessary um, to me in my life. So I've learned to stop overcompensating. So mm-hmm. my final question that I will let you go. And again, I appreciate you um, uh, doing a podcast with me. From what you learned, um, how do you, or you know are you approaching relationships different?
2: Yes. Um. One, I'm okay with not being in a relationship. So that took a lot. Um, also, because I had to take time to learn me. So I become okay with focusing on my goals so that I can be in a space where I'm comfortable with, I have to be comfortable with me first
0: right.
2: in order to expect somebody to be comfortable with me. If I don't feel that level of security for myself, how can I provide that security for someone else? You know, like two broken people can't fix each other. They got to be fixed first. But like you said, you know, even when it comes to trauma and healing, um, you're never going to be healed. You're going to have scars, you know, just like if you um, get stretch marks, you know, if you grew too fast. You got stretch marks. Those stretch marks aren't going away. Right, right. But you do have to understand what you can do and cannot do in those areas where you have those stretch marks. You know, like a woman who's had a baby and she has stretch marks and she's had a cut, a cesarean section Um, after she's her skin is stretched to max capacities while she has those stretch marks or stretched too fast. Um, when she has that cut, I can't wax over that cut. I can't wax over that scar. Even though it's healed, never again can she ever get waxed over the scar. But hair doesn't even grow in that area anyway. Mm. But I do have to be mindful of the nerves around that area where I do have to take the hair away from. Be mindful that she's going to be sensitive in that area. Um, it's going to sometimes feel like she's being cut all over again. Um, so as long as she's aware of it and I'm aware of it, then I can, you know, walk accordingly or move accordingly as, you know, her therapist. So it's the same thing in a relationship. If I know that I have some, um, like for instance, like me having, you know, like I have, I lost my child. So I cannot get with a man who's high, strong on, like, I need a baby. I need a baby. I need a baby. It's a nice to have. And that's just what you're going to have to be mindful of being in a relationship with me is if you don't have kids already, you just got to know I would love children, too. But, you know, sex education, they just didn't teach us everything we were supposed to know. So therefore, you have to have in mind, it's a nice to have, especially at my age. You know, when you get older, things don't produce like it's supposed to do for men. And for us, some things just can't be sustained as normal, you know. So. You know, understanding those things when it even when it comes to scars. You know, I you know, me not having my child will be okay with when I do discuss my child because I'm okay with discussing her. Um so also be kind if I do get pregnant or don't be in my womb like, oh, why you ain't pregnant yet? It's that's my womb. And I that's my business.
1: Facts, facts. I think um if uh, I think it's a difference, most people say they learn something, but really they just acknowledge something. Uh-huh. Um, when you learn something, you automatically move different from it, uh-huh. um, and and that's just the bottom line. I will give you this example, and I bid you farewell. But I was okay. recently been looking for a job, and um, the lady was asking me. She was like, "You know, you've been at your company for you know a long time. You know, why are you interested in looking for a job?" And I said. You know, it's multiple reasons, but I want to, the ones that I would share with you, um, I said some other, you know, articulate, nice stuff. But when I got Mm -hmm. to the meat and potatoes, I just told her, I said, number one, I want to do something that I enjoy. And I said, I want to work for a company that I am valued, appreciated, and respected at. Mm -hmm. And that's because I learned that the company that I was at for so long, I wasn't valued. I wasn't appreciated. I was taken for granted. And mm-hmm. so when you really learn something, you, you're you supposed to move different. And I mm-hmm. think it's a difference that most people acknowledge certain things that that they had in, in a toxic relationship, but they really don't learn from it. Yes. And so when you understand the difference, I think you're supposed to move different. You need to move different. Um, and you show your growth. You show your vulnerability, your uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. so ma'am i thank you for blessing us on the podcast i hope um our audience have learned something and gained something and and they go on their own uh journey from from learning well hopefully i hope you ain't never been in a toxic relationship but we in 2022 so it may have happened so but i'm gonna give you the final farewells and anything you want to leave us on
2: uh well, I will say I definitely appreciate having this conversation. Um, it was definitely a nice and refreshing, you know, conversation to have. Um, and I'm glad that, you know, you have this platform because, you know, a lot of people do need to hear different perspectives and um knowing that it's okay sometimes to be transparent about what you've gone through because it's not just for you. I'm not saying that you should go through things. But it's not just for you. It's for other people to hopefully, you know, you will help, you know, somebody else get through whatever that, you know, they're dealing with that you've overcome. Um, So I appreciate having this, you know, this platform to speak with you on this.
1: Man, I appreciate you. And I can't wait for us to do it again. Until the next time, good people. I'm Kenneth Ray Coleman, Jr. And I.